An award-winning family-owned business with exceptional diamonds, engagement rings, jewelry, and timepieces, Continental Diamond is the jeweler Minnesota adores. In St. Louis Park or online at ContinentalDiamond.com. Hey everybody, another awesome week of the tailgate. Sarah Tiana, uh, incredible comedian, uh, worked on Garbage Time with Kaylee Nolan, wrote for the ESPYs. Her special 44 is out on YouTube, her stand-up special. Lifelong Atlanta fan. We talk about a lot of really great stuff. I think you're going to love it. If you do love it, do the things you're supposed to do. Like it, subscribe it, share it, help us out. I know what time it is. Hey, we gotta go, man. We gotta go. Let's go. Showtime. Touchdown. Hey, guys. It is week nine. We're heading into Atlanta. We got a new quarterback. Things are crazy. Uh, and joining us to talk about all things Vikings and Atlanta related, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Tiana. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're char- you're looking sharp in your Falcons hat. Mm-hmm. This this is an exciting one for me because you are. I, I have a lot of comics on, and the premise of this show is a diehard from another team who's a comic or a comedic entertainer. But you're a fantastic comic, so don't take this second statement as uh, <laughs> an indictment on your comedy. But you are such a great sports fan. It's rarely do I get these two high of levels where I'm almost like, and Sarah, take over the show. You're like, you're a <laughs> diehard Atlanta sports fan. Diehard Atlanta sports fan, um, you know, to the detriment of my own ego, to the detriment <laughs> of, you know, my pocketbook with the amount of gray hairs I have to constantly cover up. You know, I definitely keep Kleenex in business by the amount of tears I shed. So, you know. I'm like Taylor Swift. I just like I create an economy around. me. (laughs) It's funny. I always am looking for other fan bases to feel akin with. Mm -hmm. Right. Kinship. Kin. I'm a hillbilly. The point is, (laughs) uh, you know, like the Cleveland Browns, they haven't won Uh in forever. So there's a few fan bases that as a Viking fan, I feel connected to. And I, I feel like Atlanta should be one of those. The only thing that's ever won is your baseball team, mm-hmm. right? You're a yeah. long-suffering, long-time... But I can't get over 98. You should be someone <laughs> that I'm like, you're one of me, but the yeah. 98... I was 15 years old in 98, and that moment crushed my sports soul. So there's just like a deep, ugly hate inside me, <laughs> even though you don't deserve it at all. Maybe this is why I always make an argument that kickers should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> It definitely feels like to me, there are just so many great kickers. And and if you have a good kicker on your fantasy team, like you can definitely score 12 to 15 points a week, especially if they kick for teams like the Jets, you know, the Cardinals, teams that are reliant on the field goal to score, period. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders are another one right now. So it's like, yeah, I feel like we, we definitely have a history going back to 98. Uh, I mean, I I was a Falcons fan back then you know we had Dion, you know the dirty birds it was like that whole era of the 90s yeah. which was really exciting but i would be amiss to say that 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 super bowl loss hurt as bad as the one in 27 
15 or 20. Yeah. I don't even remember the year now because it's just so hazy. Well, that's just it. I, that was going to be the, the tease was 98 because that is our two fan bases have to have experienced that on such, mm-hmm. even though you lost in the Super Bowl, such a different experience for our two fan bases. But then no matter what I'd want to carry with me, I can't imagine and you were there you were mm-hmm. at the 2017 super bowl and i'm not a big revel and other sports fans pain i just see myself in it and i hate it that had to have been a wild experience it was wild you know the highest of the highs and then the lowest of the lows you, you definitely felt like you were bipolar you're like wait why am i what what is happening what is this swing in my emotions when uh when the Falcons lost the coin toss uh, to go into overtime. I went to the bathroom and cried because I knew it was over. Our defense had been on the field for way too long. And, uh, and I, I just, I knew it was, over. I came back to my seat and uh, the usher wouldn't let me back in. I was just, I just came back to my row and I just sat on the end. Like I didn't even find my way into the middle. And she goes, you can't sit there. And I go, the game's over, dude. Like, yes. I, what do you mean I can't sit here? Who cares? <laughs> and then she just kept arguing me. And I'm like, who cares? The game is over. She's like, you need to calm down. It is just the game. And I go, oh, did you just call the Super Bowl a game? Like, I know you live in Houston and this is never going to happen to you. But this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> And it was awful. And, you know, my husband is a Patriots fan. So that just kind of like made it worse. You know what I mean? And like, were you guys there together? Were you there together? We had been there together the whole week because I was doing garbage time with Katie all week. And uh, and then, you know, he went home. He's on the Rich Eisen show. So he went home instead of going to the game. And then, yeah, he picked me up at the airport with a big bouquet of flowers and a gift card to uh, a spa for an entire day and never mentioned it and never <laughs> brought it up. <laughs> By the way, that's I he deserves huge husband points for that. Yeah. But here's the big question. Mm-hmm. If that would have been there for, like that's easier to do when you've won all those yeah, other trophies. Very much that's, so. So yeah. how much how much credit does he get? But also if it had been their first Super Bowl, he probably would have been there. You know, yes, that's in the first true. place because it was their 80th. I think he was mm-hmm. just like, you know, some other people can have a good one, you know. But yeah, that that was a, a really tortured moment as a Falcons fan. And I feel like now some other things have trumped that. So, you know, the pain has worn off and that's a little bit easier. So I just like seeing other teams get in there and new teams win and you know now now seeing you know what kyle shanahan has done to the 49ers kind of helps because um he ruined my team so i'd like to see him ruin another great offense and continue to do that but like oh hey this has been working all game let's just stop doing that why don't we stop doing that in the third and fourth quarter since this has all been working and let's throw it instead of running out the clock I have that same thing inside me that you have inside you that I think it's called, uh, I'm going to call it, was broken up with in high school by somebody you loved and will carry that for the rest of your life. I'll be at a 50th anniversary like or a 50th reunion and I'll be like, oh, what do you got a bum knee there? (laughs) Like I can't. That that energy is inside me for awful, awful sports moments. Mm-hmm. It's my problem with playing fantasy football. I'm terrible at it because I despise 
oh, yeah. too many teams. And I'm like, and I'm not going to pick a Seattle Seahawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean Alexander scored a bunch of touchdowns on us in, mm-hmm. on Sunday Night Football 11 years ago. I'm, I just can't do it. Too much hate. No, I won't pick anybody on the Saints. I hope they um, <laughs> die in an asteroid fire uh, that gets frozen so that they have to keep suffering for a long time. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, could, I could care less. I never pick anybody from the Phillies uh, in base fantasy baseball. So it's like, yeah, rivalries are important. That's what makes sports you know, great. You have to have villains. You have to, and you have to create your own villains. You know, and you you see athletes doing that. I mean, the Patriots did that against the Rams in the Super Bowl. They gave that speech at the end, like no one expected us to be here. No one believed in us. It's like, what do you mean? This is like your seventh or eighth Super Bowl in fifteen years. Like everyone expected you to be there. Everyone thought you, until you stop going. Everyone thought, but you're right. It is a very athlete thing to do. It's it's a very Michael Jordan holding his yeah. tablet. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I can mm-hmm. really run with that sort of energy. It, it's been a weird week for us. I mean, obviously terrible for Kirk. Yeah. Kirk is this interestingly divisive figure for how non-divisive he is, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Wherever he's been, the is he amazing or is he not? This argument swirls and follows him. Uh, but he doesn't carry that in any way. He's just, you know, well, both our quarterbacks were featured on mm-hmm. the show quarterback. But you got to got to see a glimpse of a guy who truly, truly cares a lot about how things turn out. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's really, really a sad couple days. And then, bam, yesterday, Josh Dobbs is here. Mm-hmm. And things are never louder in the social media world than when quarterback news is involved. Mm-hmm. And I'm on this roller coaster, feel terrible for Kirk, feel like even though this is four and four, this was probably the best team he'd ever been on. And they were starting to round into shape. Yeah. And then, but I, despite some people's lack of enthusiasm, I love Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Like, I am obsessed. I know that's crazy to say for a guy who's been a backup and third string guy, but I love him. First of all, Josh Dobbs is a genius. He's an astrophysicist. You know what I mean? Like, he does not have to play football. <laughs> like, But he has been blessed with a gift. And what he's bringing to the Vikings right now is a new respect for a rushing quarterback. Like, you know, you always respect Kirk's arm. So everyone's covered downfield. Now you have to respect Josh's legs because not only can he air it out and hit all these, you know, all your weapons downfield, he can take it upon himself to just run it up the gut, Mahomes style. I mean, he he has been doing that with Arizona this year. Arizona could be four and two. They could be five and one. They have been in every single game, every game. And none of us gave Gannon the time of day when he came in and everyone's like, Oh, he's like weird. He's like gays with all these weird press conferences and stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, the Cardinals are not just like mailing it in, you know? And, and I think maybe ownership thought they would be terrible. And then Dobbs took them to another level and created this team. And obviously Gannon knows how to work a defense. So they've been in every game and, you know, the fact that they are selling proves to me that ownership did not want them to be in it. And, you know, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. What my point is that Minnesota got a steal with Dobbs. It is best case scenario for you guys. I don't know who else you would want or need besides him. Like he, 
you know, he's a likable, lovable guy. I mean, they weren't even selling his jersey in Arizona in the store. You couldn't even make it. Like you, you couldn't even, you couldn't even request. You can make one for any player on the team. His name was not listed. Like that's wild. Yeah, the disrespect. I know I'm one of my best friends is a Steelers fan. Another one of my close friends is a uh, is a Titans fan. And it's interesting thing about this. There are certain players that no matter where they go, fans are so harsh, but certain players are just like, we love him. Everybody in Pittsburgh loves him. Everybody mm-hmm. in Tennessee loves him. Yeah. The people who saw him in Cleveland for an offseason and a preseason love him. I think there's a world where, and this is where I say something on a podcast that somebody sends me mean messages about for a really long <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. But I think there's a world where, you know, f- for what you got him for, for what his current salary is, and for what you're trying to do, uh, there's a world that people look back at this in a year and a half and go, whoa. Mm-hmm. Not that not that necessarily all of a sudden Josh Dobbs is a Hall of Famer, but an Achilles injury is very severe. And yeah. a guy like Dobbs can come in, and if he, nobody ever talks about the salary cap. They just talk about is he good? Is he? They're always like, is Brady great? I mean, here's something that I'm gonna that you're gonna feel deep in your soul. No one ever likes to talk about the fact that Tom Brady, because of the salary he took, right. has had more top ten defenses mm-hmm. than yeah. Breeze, Mahomes, Rogers. Mm-hmm. And and all these guys combined, Manning combined. I talk about that all the time. These guys give up money to to surround themselves with good weapons and a great defense. Like you don't have championships unless Brady restructures his contract every year and takes Constantly. less and less money. The reason the 49ers are good is because Brock Purdy is making $850,000. Yeah. They're starting quarterback. So, I mean, hello, like, Money is everything. <laughs> Let's start a new podcast called Let's Talk About the Salary Cap. Because no, yeah. the the cheat code in the NFL is, yeah. and here, is there anyone less qualified to have this conversation than me? The answer is no, <laughs> but I'm going to continue it. <laughs> I, I just think it's when you get these guys who, to your point, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts for the last few years, Joe Burrow mm-hmm. on his rookie deal. When you get yeah. a yeah. when you get a guy, and, and, and that's the thing I'm really excited about Jordan Addison right now. So I was mm-hmm. at the Monday night game against the Niners, and the energy in that building and him playing that way against the defense, if he is who he appears to be, you now have a guy that's on a multiple-year rookie contract that could be performing at such a high level above it. And and when you get people like that, right, uh, you know, a Burrow, a Hertz, it just changes the complexity of the way you're able to build an entire team. Bringing this all the way back to my crazy Josh Dobbs theory, you know, I think it's going to be fun to see what he's able to do with a really great offensive coach and really, really great weapons. Mm-hmm. You might sit back and go, wait a second, the math mm-hmm. here is pretty interesting if that guy can play like that. So that's my hope right now. I agree. I think it's going to look like Geno Smith. I think it's going to look exactly like Geno Smith last year, where he came in and everyone's like, oh, here we go. You know, the the Seahawks must just be phoning it in. And then they make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, you don't survive in this league for that long. If A, you're not likable and lovable, but a hard worker and good. You're the second best option all the time. And but they're like, well, we have to start this guy because we're paying him $40 million for no reason whatsoever, because somehow that's the standard because the Browns overpaid for Deshaun Watson. And now we're all in this 
terrible place where we have to play, pay quarterbacks way more than we can afford and surround them with nothing and then have to give running backs $10 million because we're out of money because we have to give Daniel Jones some ridiculous amount. I don't know. Cause he can run. I don't know. Nobody knows why it's just the minimum. Now it's so dumb. You're going to have a great time. You guys are very lucky to have Dobbs. Like when we got Heineke, I was stoked yeah. because I, I know that Ritter wants to be the guy. Everybody, nobody's disputing Ritter's work ethic and like his love for the game. His, he, he tries so hard, but Arthur Smith, a runes quarterback. So that's another issue. Uh, he doesn't know how to scheme anybody. Last year, we I didn't watch quarterback because I did not like Mariota and I did not want a, the documentary to try to make me think that I did. So I was like, no, I'm not watching this. That's a trap. It's, you know, it's like hard knocks. Hard knocks will trap you into liking people again. It's like when you watch a, a documentary on a serial killer and they start talking about his parents abusing him. And then you go, oh, well, now I understand Aww. why he killed people. It makes sense. Poor guy. He should have. I would have killed more. You know, you're just like, what is happening? Uh, so I, you know, I know what it's like to have a quarterback that is awesome like Kirk Cousins, because Matt Ryan to me was very equivalent, always passed for over 4,000 yards, always hitting targets. Um, You know, not exactly the guy like at press conferences who he's always says the right thing. He's not controversial, but he's really divisive. Like people think he's the problem. And then you get somebody else in there and you go, oh, interesting. Seems like Matt Ryan wasn't the problem. Seems mm-hmm. like he wasn't the problem. His contract was the problem because they paid him way too much money for way too many years. And so we had two years of dead cap space to deal with. Anyway, my point is I, I'm i very happy for the Vikings. I'm very happy for Josh Dobbs because I think he's finally going to be with a with an offensive coordinator and a coach and with an ownership team that it like wants to win. You know, the, the Cardinals, you're right. They could have been, they could be, a lot better off than they are record-wise. Yeah. And but if you look at that situation and the Tennessee playoff game, those teams have their strengths and their weaknesses. But the thing that the Minnesota Vikings have in in spades right now is offensive talent. Yeah. I mean, w- when Justin Jefferson comes back, if you're going to be throwing the ball to Jefferson, Osborne, and Hawkinson, and this mm-hmm. O line has been playing on the level that they have been. Because I, I think that's the thing with a lot of quarterbacks and just a lot of people in sports in general is, you know, you can take the same guy and stick him in a, a bunch of different situations and he'll look very different. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be really fun to see how he looks. Now, I'm I'm curious. I don't think anybody was like circle Falcons <laughs> week nine for the Jaron Hall Taylor Heineke, because there <laughs> yeah. are people here who are obsessed with Taylor Heineke, people who are still oh. angry that he's not mm-hmm. in the When somebody was asking me, if we went and traded for somebody, who should it be? Mm-hmm. He was my comp. I was like, if you are going to go get somebody, you need somebody with a little bit of that like slinger to him, like a Heineke, a Minshew. Mm-hmm. You could take Taylor Heineke into almost any game and go, well, this is either going to be the best or the worst, but I don't know. It it could be the best. And the fact that he has that glimmer of could be the best is really, really interesting to me. 
first of all, he, you know, with, with the commanders last year, he beat the Eagles at Phil Force. Another somebody else beat the Eagles last year, but it was when Hertz was out. Heineke beat mm-hmm. him with, when Hertz was in on that Monday night game. Yeah, d- the commanders always have that d- division rivalry going with the Eagles. So it's the way that like the Dolphins always kind of own the Patriots, even when the Patriots had Brady, like they just had their number. They see mm-hmm. him the most. But like, you know, I love that he buys a pair of Jordans and the color of the team that he beat every time he wins, you know, and honestly, he's just that smart backup that you need, like a journeyman, like a Sage Rosenfels, right? Like somebody who's just mm. like constantly there, knows the playbook, catches on quick. I'll be here. I'll hold the clipboard. But, you know, he wants in and he can't wait. And as soon as he goes in, he ain't coming out. And it took a, way too long for him to go in. Arthur Smith is like starting to really... Like, I want him to be on the bus with McDaniels, like, going to Cancun together. Like, I, I'm really sick of it. Like, I, I've always given Arthur Smith the benefit of the doubt, but he's constantly trying to get cute. When you have some of the best offensive players in the league, like, we yep. have Kyle Pitts, should be one of the best tight ends in the league. Drake London, great number, first round wide receiver pick last year. Bijan Robinson. First round running back this year. And he's using Bijan like Percy Harvin. Like he's just like, oh, well, they know we're, they're expecting us to hand it to him. So we're not. Hey, how about treat him like Derrick Henry, a team that you worked with forever. Everybody knew Derrick Henry was getting the ball. And then you just give him the ball and you go, well, try to stop it. Good luck. I, I bet you can't. It's like the brotherly shove. We know it's coming. You can't stop it. So just yeah. give him the, in the red zone. He, he ran a play in the red zone. The first time we were in the red zone last week. He had our, our tight end two throw to our tight end three, and he had Kyle Pitts blocking for them. How about we just hand it off, and then if they keep stopping us, then we try some cute stuff. How about we do that? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Stop getting cute. Just run the shit that works, and then we'll figure it out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm really upset. It, it, no, I love it. Here's the thing. I love it. Let's, Jay, could we, let's, let's just, I've got two more questions and let's just let her run the whole okay. rest of I could watch that sorry. I'm very upset. for days. It's a really unique situation. The Vikings dealt with this at times. So in 98, when Moss came in and we, mm-hmm. it was like Moss, Carter, Jake Reed, Robert Smith in this whole line, we're like, Oh, we're about to, when we lost that, that game to you guys, the thought was like, okay, this is the worst, but bro, Randy Moss, here we go. We're, we're right. about to have 10 years of, we should get a Super Bowl in this window. And then, you know, we got the, the 41 donut a few years later, and then we just kind of faded out of that until Moss was traded. And I think anytime you feel like you have a bunch of impressive skill players and it's not coming together, that's a really, really hard thing. Here's a question I have for you, though, uh, based on something you said in the beginning of that, because my eyes are always peeled for who is the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. who's which one of these? And my candidates, Taylor Heineke is on the candidate list. I think he's interesting. I think Gardner Minshew Mm-hmm. if by fashion alone is interesting, but his ability to sling it, he's got that crazy stat that he's 0-8 in games that he's thrown for 300 yards. That's a wild statistic to That's me. That's Minshew? That's Minshew. He's wow. 0-8. And, and you think, okay, that probably is because he's throwing a lot when they're behind, I would mm-hmm. guess. But who is, if you had to pick a Fitzpatrick heir apparent, who do you got in the league? 
I'd probably take Baker. Oh, interesting. I'd take Baker because I think, you know, he'll get, he'll keep getting some starting jobs on teams that are transitioning into like finding their right, you know, draft pick guy yeah. or finding their right guy or someone's contract coming available and really taking it on. But I think he's a one-year guy through and through, and then he'll end up backing up a ton of people and he'll continually get in the way that Gino has and, you know, but I, I, Baker to me is that guy. He's got a great personality. He's really fun. I always want to hate him because, you know, I'm a Georgia Bulldog and he played at Oklahoma and that Rose Bowl together was maybe one of the best days of my life, but also one of the most stressful. And, uh, you know, he was just that cocky guy, but he's, he's really, every time I see him in an interview, I like him more and more. So I think he is, I think to me, that's my pick. Uh, so here's my question I have for the matchup, mm-hmm. okay? Because I, I won't lie to you, I'm not uh, I'm not deep dive Falcons guy. Mm-hmm. I've been I've watched from a far enough distance to have two opinions, and those opinions are: oh, Bijan Robinson is a problem; um, mm-hmm. he is a beast. And to also go to your point earlier, uh, why isn't Kyle Pitts? Uh, the best tight end in the league. I don't understand that. But the other thing I've noticed is this is a top 10 defense, it feels like, like a really, really good defense. And then last week, Will Levis yeah. somehow put like... I'll tell you why. Yes, I'll tell please. you why Will Levis had the game that he did last week because we didn't respect him. We were like, all right, if you want to beat us, you're going to have to make a throw. And he kept making a throw. I mean, that's exactly what you have to do. You do it in baseball all the time where you go like, I'm going to steal second, try to throw me out. I'm going to steal home. Good luck. Make a play. Make a play. You have to let them beat you with the play. And and Will Levis kept making a play. And that's, all, that's exactly what happened. And Arthur Smith continues to ruin our offense so that we can't even match them with a score. He should not be designing the plays. He should not be calling the plays. He should be on a bus to Cancun. But that's that's that. So we'll see what happens this week. You know, obviously Heineke is way more accurate. Can you take that same approach with Jaron Hall? <laughs> can I get a message in there that like, hey, can you guys just... I guarantee that's what they're going to do. They're going to have to. That If I was running the defense, I would be constantly, uh, I would be blitzing nonstop. Yeah, show us show us you can beat us. Yep. Show us that you can beat us with your arm. Let your arm beat us. You know what I mean? You're going to have to hand it off a few times. You can only do that so many times. Because, you know, we'll, we'll be able to get to your running back. And we do have great secondaries. We just didn't respect Will Levis, you know. But he, he got respect. And then whoever they play this week will have, you know, they'll have to take that into account. Yeah. The other thing that makes the Dobbs trade so interesting is it's a really unique moment. Uh, you know, to lose Kirk after winning three straight and coming to four and four, the NFC doesn't seem as powerful as it's been years past it there seems to be a lot more parody and a lot more opportunity you get these next two against the falcons and the saints you go oh my god we're six and four we're right there but you lose the next two and you're like oh my god we're four and six and we're fault like it's a very unsettling feeling to have this crucial game against a good defense without kirk cousins and justin jefferson so if somehow they pull it off I think my confidence and cocky meter yeah. <laughs> will be so disgusting. I'm the guy yeah. who last year they were they won 13 games and I was like, I don't think they can I think they'll for sure lose whoever they play. Like I just didn't <laughs> have that. And then if they I will feel the opposite if somehow they get this game because I do you said this about the Cardinals. 
I do think you guys are in the same boat. I think you could easily be two, three games above 500. The talent mm -hmm. is there and you guys can put it together and be a scary team. I mean, you, we've seen that all year long. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we should definitely, we should definitely be, you know, five and three instead of four and four. But, um, you know, we've also won some games at the very end, you know, we're better on the road this year, which is kind of weird, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know, but it, you know, sometimes it's easier to come from that position of just like, everything's even everyone kind of has a shot no one's excellent no one's amazing like even the chiefs are losing and yeah. the eagles are not what they used to be they definitely miss their offensive right. coordinator and their defensive coordinator and yes. that is showing they they could easily be four and four they could easily be four and four they've had to Absolutely. really kick it out in these last few games the 49ers are showing their true colors because kyle shanahan is doing what kyle shanahan does <laughs> and, and he goes backwards you know, I thought Miami, I was like, oh, who's going to beat Miami? And then you're like, oh. But they can't, they can't play against a real team. Yeah, they can't. Yeah. They can't. Uh, they're my favorite team that's not a Vikings team right now. But they are so interesting. Mm -hmm. We're like, when you play the Patriots, you mm -hmm. look like the greatest team to ever take a football field. And you mm -hmm. play the Bills, and it's mm -hmm. I, I've never seen anything like the dichotomy yeah. between the performances against good and less than good yeah. teams. If there's a defense that can stop them from scoring, their defense can't stop anybody. So as yeah. long as your team can score points, you got a real shot against the Dolphins. What? So let me ask you a couple fan questions. How do you consume the game on Sundays? Are you a go watch it with people? Are you the sort of psycho that can't have others around? What is your way to bring football into your life? Well, we uh, we put three TVs in the living room. Uh, and then for the afternoon games, we turn one of those TVs onto Spidey and friends. So my son has something to watch. Uh, <laughs> so we go in the morning, we go to this bouncy house park where we, my son is three and a half. So we, we make him jump and jump and jump and get tired so that, you know, he usually Smart. takes a nap by 1130. So it's around halftime of the morning games. So then by the time he takes a nap, I can watch the end of the game and Chris watches his game or red zone so we usually have two games on and red zone in the morning and uh and we put a tv outside too so that we if we're going to the pool we can watch the game still nice nice <laughs> yeah are you do you have a superstitious at all do you have any does that stuff affect you not for the regular season but like if if i were to be wearing something during the playoffs i would keep it on for the next game until we lose like that's really all i do how many games do you get to? Do you like to watch them at home or do you like to go to the events? Um, for Falcons games, I, I I only come if they're like in town playing the Chargers yeah. or the Rams. But, you know, Braves games, I travel all over. This is a Viking show, but there could be a whole separate Braves mm -hmm. twins discussion twins. here. Because <laughs> you it's the a first. It's a flip-flop yeah. of the 98 yeah. thing. How I feel about 98, I feel the opposite of 91. It had to have been a weird moment. Like, the quintessential sports moment of my childhood is mm -hmm. Kirby Puckett catching that <laughs> ball and hitting that home run. Yeah. And then Jack Morris pitching that shutout. With how long it took for the Braves, because the Braves, they had that, like, 
Phil Mickelson before he won a title thing. You're like, this is the best team I've ever seen with the best staff I've ever mm-hmm. seen. Why the hell can't they quite get there? Was that just an unbelievable moment when they finally got over the hill? Oh, yeah. And in, in 95. Yeah. But I think it was honestly sweeter in 2021. You know what I mean? Like, but again, it. I think in baseball, kind of similar to football where, you know, if you're always the best team, you're not mentally prepared to struggle and have to fight it out in a game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and in those years in the nineties and even these last seven years with the Braves, it's like you, you weren't ever in situations where you had to fight for the Braves this year. I think we clinched home field advantage for the rest of the playoffs on September 20th like 15 days before the season even ended. Yeah. And then you're like throwing sim games. Like how can you be mentally prepared (laughs) for somebody like Bryce Harper to try to turn some sort of twisted thing around to come in and be like staring down somebody like he's literally the worst human being on the planet, but that's what makes sports fun. You have to have villains and enemies and you have to have people that you absolutely despise or else it's not fun. I'm a Jordan guy. Uh, when it comes to talking about the greatest athletes of all time. But I, me being a Jordan guy doesn't make me not a LeBron guy. Yeah, as, yeah. As we now touch every sport possible in yeah. this podcast. But I'm, I'm always fascinated. Even the people who don't like LeBron are like, I can't wait till he's not. I was like, what do you, LeBron's existence, like these great players, Tom Brady's existence, mm-hmm. like, you either it's fun to root for them because you got you're fortunate enough that they landed in front of your fan base (laughs) or when your team is out they create these sort of interests like do you know how many times i rooted against people in a championship game and invested Mm -hmm. in the other like so i'm with you i think to me the villains are never like i can't stand this guy and i wish he wasn't around they're more like Mm -hmm. "Ah, i just love to root against you yeah, that's why I always say that the Astros scandal was so good for baseball because it gave yes. everyone a common enemy and it gave us all, you know, this like newfound like interest all of a sudden in baseball. And then the Dodgers made it about them. And then now, you know, I hate the Dodgers even more because the Dodgers <laughs> made that whole scandal about them. It's like, well, well we should have won the World Series instead of them. And you're like, uh, you had home field advantage and you you lost two games at home. You idiots. Funny, an LA-based team made it all about them when it wasn't. Ah, That's Isn't that shocking. weird? Isn't that yeah. weird how it works out? Like, no, it's about the pitchers that got sent down, not about you, idiots. Uh, I hate to do this to you, but it's how we end every show. Um, nobody likes it, but that's how it goes. I need a prediction for Sunday. Well, I mean, only because you guys, uh, we have a veteran coming out uh, as our quarterback and you guys have, like, you keep saying the guy's name and I... Jaron Hall, fifth round rookie out of BYU. Study your tape, people. That's right. Okay, so Zach Wilson 2.0 coming in. Uh, Yeah, I mean, mean, that's the only, I think our offense, uh, our offensive weapons are, you know, pretty similar obviously you know your guys have been playing a little bit longer and i don't know i mean i think it's gonna be a great game but i do think that we should win this game but every time that we should win something we don't so (laughs) that's spoken like an absolutely scorned Mm -hmm. somebody who has spoken like somebody who cried in the bathroom at the super bowl and i i appreciate that a lot i'm gonna go with uh i think 
Our defense has been playing well, so I'm going to go Falcons 14, Vikings 138. Sarah? <laughs> Good. Hey, you're the best. No, you're the best. Thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Big shout out to Sarah Tiana for joining tonight's show. Be sure to check out her comedy special 44 on YouTube or her website, saratiana.com. Thank you again to our sponsor, Continental Diamond. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Vikings Tailgate. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow our show on all our social media channels. We will see you all again next week. Join PA at the Elk River Buffalo Wild Wings this Friday from 9 to noon for Friday Football Feast presented by Coors Light. Enjoy food and drink specials and a chance to win Viking tickets and more. Visit vikings.com slash bww for full schedule and details.